Welcome to Sonata Secrets with Henrik Tilham, unlocking the world of classical music. Chopin wrote 21 nocturnes, and this is really going back to the roots for me, because I did 11 of them in Sonata Secrets' first six months on YouTube, so I hope you enjoy this one as well. This is one of the longer, more extensive nocturnes towards the end of the line. Only the set of Opus 62 was composed later. And number one in Opus 55 is the famous F minor. Generally, it's quite a typical nocturne. Sweeping, floating ambience, waves of broken chords in the left hand, and a soaring, reflective melody on top. It's also a duet of two voices, both in the right hand. Like the nocturnes in G major opus 37 number 2 and in D flat major opus 27 number 2, they also have two voices, but they are more glued together in thirds. Here they're really independent voices. And harmonically, it's almost always going somewhere in modulation. Most commonly between E flat major and its relative key of C minor, as so often in Chopin, when he wants to keep both major and minor sonorities within the tonal realm of the piece. So a B-flat 7 always points to an E-flat major, and a G7 always points to a C minor. And the form is equally interesting, because everything seems just seamlessly put together, but there are points where material returns and is transformed. Now let's go through the sections one at a time in detail to see how Chopin achieves this amazing music. So we start with a signal, a high B-flat, forte, and then enter with a trill and the left-hand arpeggios. And this is kind of a main theme in E-flat major, very stable, long notes. And the arpeggios are kind of wider in the beginning than they are later. But it's actually fr only from bar 2 that we get into the main theme uh, path. When it returns later, it has another start that we don't get here because we start with a signal. So let's continue. Returning to E flat. Uh, but immediately now. plunged into an exploration. So here we get an entry of the lower voice. Let's just listen to the duet with those two voices. And so on. Uh, and harmonically this is Exploring, so it's immediately C7 to F minor. 
then G7 to C minor and then D uh, sus and uh, to D7 to G minor it's actually G major but minor and then B flat 7 to B flat and just this uh, polyrhythm here here we have a uh, Eight against three and this piece is like the final boss when it comes to polyrhythms if you can do three against two that's nothing here we need four against three in the next bar then we need five against three we need seven against three and here eight against three and to top it off seven against six I will show when they appear in the piece um, but yeah here eight against three This is really the lower voice uh, has a comment here to the <laughs> something needs to be clarified to here and then have this amazing surge when we go back to E flat major The proper main theme four bars of it and so now we hear the real start is the in the high register so from bar two this is the same as we have in um, the beginning after but now we have the proper start Let's listen to the duet again and this is a practice tip as I did before to play only those voices uh, with both hands because it's much easier to control them independently with two hands than it is to play them in the same hand as it needs to be in the final version and it takes a lot of practice to, to get to that point where you can have the freedom in one voice and I've practiced this for weeks and months before I find that freedom. Uh, and it helps to know how the voices behave independently. So... How to phrase them. Now... Uh, it's a lovely counterpoint. They're just two voices creating harmonies. Uh, but then, of course, it's harder. That's four bars of a main theme. Now we get a kind of a transitional passage of four bars because we land on E flat major and we get the seven. So it's pointing forward with the seven, and it's kind of peculiar arpeggios now with their chromatic element. gets hard with the pedal here you need to kind of clean out the chromatic notes a little bit but uh, not 
too much either you want to keep the bass but uh, this is four bars with this just the upper voice uh, the lower voice goes on a coffee break for the next page so it's a solo for the upper voice uh, it's it's so um, intense all this uh, dialogue so it's nice to have a little bit more uh, breathing room in a way a bit calmer so it's E flat 7 to A flat and then we add the 7 to A flat so it keeps pointing forward jumps to B flat and now so here two bars with chromatic shifts we keep the A flat on top and the bass goes B flat diminished goes up chromatically F minor D flat 7 and then It doesn't resolve, but we go have this tritone shift going from D flat seven to G seven. So G seven points to C minor, but. Now in G minor, this is D, 7, but then back to G7, so back to C minor, here, and it's reaching higher now. Eventually we find a cadence in E-flat major on this lovely high note. Oh, and a nice polyrhythm of 10 against 6. It's actually not exactly the same thing as 5 against 3 because this uh, motion, if you split it in 2 times 5, um, you get this B flat this is not really an the important note so you don't want to have too much emphasis to play even if that's the mathematically because you want to have it and this pace just goes on with new material for for some time now we get this nice chord that's a Neapolitan or it feels like it it's a Neapolitan in C minor and we're in E flat but they're kind of close so G7 pointing back to C minor These bars are so great. The melody is, um, kind of tries to find the way, but it struggles and it's quite unsettled, going around a bit of an echo maybe from the 
uh, F minor nocturne, opus 55, number one, uh, going around this C. Like, not really getting anywhere else. And this melody is trying to find, find its place here around these notes. Eventually we land on this E flat on the C minor and then tender A flat on top. And this is the cue for the lower voice to return from the coffee break and has an entry here. And uh, now we get three bars of intense chromatic modulation and kind of the tonal stability starts to dissolve. And this is just an amazing place. So. flat major or E major but it's spelled as F flat it's very far away from E flat but then we have the old tritone shift to B flat 7 and that takes us prepares the return up to E flat major and the main theme and um, it's so tender and the duet is, is really they're close together. And this C flat, I love this. So we keep the C flat suspended and then when we go to B flat 7, uh, let's take it again. It's a dissonance, it's the flat 9 of B flat and it's such a lovely dissonance but you need to, to keep it enough, uh, enough tone of it. And now just one bar left, we have some diminished chords and this trill and this amazing surge of energy and thank you, take a lot of time here I think. To, to play on the eighth notes in the left hand. of the main theme, four bars, it's the same material but slightly elaborated. The upper voice is more excited with this septuplet, uh, seven against six. And the lower voice is even more excited with seven against three. triumphant and it's kind of always like this if you've gone through something difficult and uncertain 
you're stronger on the other side if you get through it as we are here. Then this transitional passage is the same with the E flat 7. Although it's a small variation in the left hand, the first time it's just going up, now it's so going around. I don't know really why. Um, maybe Chopin just wanted some variation. You cannot make it too easy for the piano. It has to, it has to have two separate versions. with a lower voice. And here, the first time it's only two bars with a quick harmonic modulation. Now it's four bars and slower harmonic pulse. We get uh, uh, another surge. Diminuendo. It's a lovely harmonic progression going around and then returning to E flat major. So we B flat seven going to D flat seven. to G flat. This is a dominant uh, D flat 7 to G flat. But now, so going from G flat to C7, that's the tritone shift again. A lot of tritone shifts here, but it's special because we keep the B flat in the bass, it's the 7 in the bass when it's C. And to F minor with the uh, melodies on the 9 to B flat and the lower voice gets excited so in the end it's just F minor B flat 7 E flat major uh, 2 5 1 but the real effect comes before and here we get a repeat of this whole passage uh, the same material is excited so fun this like little comment ah did you know that <laughs> now yeah now it's of course another variation it's trill in the lower voice and uh, there's a small difference here. The diminuendo starts earlier than the first time. The first time, this is really detailed, but without the trill, crescendo and diminuendo. So the left hand gets to go up in crescendo, but the second time, um, when the trill starts, you can start the diminuendo earlier because it's so much energy in the trill and you need to prepare to make it even more sensitive what comes later. That's my uh, 
explanation of why it's different. super hard to do uh, one voice and the top of the hand with a trill in the lower part of the hand at the same time. Uh, you have a lot of that in some Beethoven sonatas and some other Chopin works. It's kind of just practice to, to be independent. To keep the trill going and then add but I, I, I go up with the fingers, so I don't do perfect legato, because it's easier when you have a trill. And finding his way back to E flat, e flat major. And here we have only the coda left. And now the harmony is slightly more stable, or it's more grounded, uh, at least, with an E-flat in the bass as a pedal point for some time. But we switch, it's uh, interesting on the surface, we switch from E-flat major to minor. And this is a C-flat 7. Or it's actually C flat augmented six chord. The A is uh, plus six because of the harmonic function, but it's kind of an inverted voicing. Normally you have it it's a C flat in the bass, and that's kind of <laughs> the normal, but more spacious if you have the augmented six in the bass. Well, you have E flat in the bass, but back to E flat major. So this is uh, the switch from minor to major. It's called a Picardy third, and a lot of the nocturnes that are in minor, they end in this way, switching to major with this Picardy third. And in this one, I mean, we are in E flat major in most of the pieces. But it's like Chopin goes to minor just to go back to major in this nice way. So. Very nice. And also in the melody, we have this like a melting feature that makes the melody shine by raising it an octave. What's better than one octave lift, two octave lifts? And now we're at the final descent after the lift, we have to come down. Now the upper voice shows off with the quadruplets. So four against three. And now the lower voice says, that's nothing, I can do five against three. like the upper voice uh, stays and cheers on the lower voice with this B flat. 
final bar, this group of five notes uh, divides into two voices that goes up and down in a counterpoint. Really cool uh, way. And by the way, five against three in this place, it's very free, like floating. Uh, so it's more free than the rest of the piece. But suddenly here, for the first time we come to a stop and there's no continuous eighth notes. They have been in the left hand for the whole piece, but now we're at the final line, we get some straight chords. To like put a firm end to the piece. And this feels like the final arpeggio, but it doesn't match evenly. Left hand uh, only gets the B flat, and that's not a proper resolution. So we have to do the try some chords again. Now they have accents because they're more insisting, and this time it's right. We find the way back to E flat major. triumphant forte. It's a little bit odd way to end this uh, spacious feeling of the coda, but it's of course merited. Uh, the same way as it begins. It is a big piece. It needs a big ending. You can't end it in just a small way. He's even written like a crescendo on the chord. You can't do that on piano, but the feeling is just a big vibrating chord of E flat major. And that's Chopin's Nocturne Opus 55 number two. And a special shout out to my Patreon sponsors MNS Engelbrechtsen and S. Yao.